to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself yourself your only self your greatest self you are already a star by cynthia bryan hello and welcome to express yourself we're a program by for and with creative young people a platform to give teens a voice right here on the voice america empowerment channel from Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Andrea Show and Andrea Smith, and today's show is about individuality. First off, Be The Star You Are has recently begun our 22nd year of service. We want to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs during the pan- pandemic as part of our disaster relief outreach program. Be the Star You Are showcases authors, artists, actors, musicians, and other creatives who have had their performances canceled by COVID 19. Make sure you are tuned in to Wednesdays with Writers and Performers and Super Smart Sundays, both broadcasting right here on Voice America Network's Empowerment Channel. We have a fantastic show planned for you today, all about individuality. In segment two, you'll meet Fred Mizzarella, author of A Pontant on A Pontiac in the Woods is the tale of a teenage girl who lives in an abandoned car and struggles against the odds to make it on her own. And in segment three, I will read The Gift of Individuality by Cynthia Bryan from her book, From Be the Star You Are for Teens by Cynthia Bryan at www.cynthiabryan.com. And right now, we are so pleased to welcome Jack with his segment, Trends Without Ends. Take it it away, Jack. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Jack Kalakos, and today I'm going to be sharing um, some trends about individuality on my segment of Trends Without Ends. This is a subject that you may not have given much thought to, but it's actually growing into a mega trend. Um, So today I'm going to be talking about the meaning of individuality and what's driving it into a mega trend. Uh, I'm going to answer these questions and more in today's segment. So individuality is not the same as individualism. Individualism is a political and social philosophy that values the worth of an individual. Today, our focus is on individuality, which is defined as being a unique individual and um, the trends that are going on in relationships to expressing who we are as individuals. Um, So digitization has changed the world immensely. And today, the approach that Gen Z takes as consumers is very different than past consumers. For instance, Consumers in prior generations had brand loyalty, and they were interested in identifying themselves by the value of the brand. If a popular celebrity was using a brand, then consumers would be inspired to purchase that brand so that they could be identified with the celebrity's traits. But today, uh, 
the current generation instead wants to create a more personal reflection of themselves by choosing a variety of brands to ultimately show their own identity through the combination of brands and what they symbolize. Um, in an analytical study, the top three concept values searched by Gen Z were uniquely common, civic engagement, and made for me. Uniquely common is the most searched as a concept. Individuals are looking for brands of commonly used items that they can piece together in a unique way that creates their own individual presence. Product companies use influencers to create a theme using the product in a way that highlights self-expression. Beauty brands and makeup are good examples of a uniquely common consumer area. The second most searched concept is civic engagement. And people expressing themselves in this area want to identify their individuality through beliefs. And although at, uh, at hearing this at first, you might think of like protesting, for example, oftentimes the expression of thought in this way is um, it's expressed um, online through things like Reddit or Twitter threads and Instagram, which are all platforms that give people a voice to express themselves as individuals and share their own opinion and create their own identity that's unique to them. And Gen Z also expresses their individuality through brands that are an expression of their specific view viewpoints and belief systems. Consumer products that are cruelty-free or promote ethical living might represent an individual's beliefs, and using those products further expresses that individuality to the outside world, um, which is why another very important current trend is pe um, people are starting to switch towards sustainable brands like sustainable clothing or uh, just in, in general, people might be switching over to metal water bottles over plastic since they're reusable and more sustainable just because these this type of customization in consumption allows to express your individuality a lot better. Um, and these changes in consumption are based upon Gen Z being open and finding value in diversity. Research is largely largely focused on this group because they make up almost 25% of the population, which is pretty significant. This group will have the largest consumer impact and has the potential to make significant changes in the world. Gen Z values inclusion and sees everyone more equally, and these values open opportunity to value their own individuality, since in, this, um, in the new era, people are starting to realize that everybody has a worth, um, thus meaning that there's a larger emphasis on individuality. By believing perfection does not exist and being able to express individuality, it allows people to appreciate themselves and others for being unique in their own characteristics. Yeah, I really loved your segment. I completely agree that, um, that once we stop trying to be perfect and conform to what we think society expects of us, then we're really able to be unique and like show who we are. And that is what makes us so special. And that's how we can really add to the diversity of our community and our world is through embracing just our gifts and our natural talents and just who we are as a person. And so what do you think influenced the openness to express indiv individuality the most? Um, I would say that hands down, the internet is probably the biggest influence on people suddenly becoming more open and willing to embrace their individuality a lot more. Because with all um, the different social media platforms, um, like Instagram, for example, you're able to create your own page um, that's specific to you and post exactly what you want. And you can basically create your platform. You can create your own page to highlight the best moments and the most interesting um, parts about you, which makes you, uh, you know, it's a lot more unique. And I, and I also think uh, other platforms as well, such as like TikTok, for example, people are able to post videos highlighting their own creativity and it, it by highlighting creativity that's inherently promoting individuality yeah i like personally am fascinated by 
people's Instagrams and like just seeing their aesthetic and like I almost see it as an art um the way that people post photos and make their profile and it shows a really unique lens to them as a person and I think it's really cool to see how different everybody's profiles are it really shows like how unique everyone is and so what ways do you express your individuality um I think for me the main way that I try to express my individuality is by doing things that I like or things that make me happy um meaning that I um I'm, I try not to be influenced too heavily by like what other people are doing or like what celebrities are doing because if you get caught up um trying to follow trends too much then it doesn't really make you an individual it just makes you more of um I guess a trend follower but at the same time if a person you know really enjoys following trends and like keeping up with everything um then that you know that's their own individual identity so I really I really think that the main way to maintain like unique characteristics is just to do what you enjoy doing and what makes you happy because that's what makes you happy is unique to you. So that's probably the best way that I could describe how I express individuality. Yes, I could not agree more. I like, I think that, you know, you brought up a really good point that just doing what you love and because all our interests are just so unique. And, you know, if you're somebody who wants to follow the trends, then, you know, that's who you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if you are too scared, if like any listeners out there, if you're too scared, like are worried about like what people are going to think about you, I say just go for it. I know for myself, especially just first coming into freshman year, I... I was on, honestly pretty naive to like what people thought of me. And so I would just like come to school wearing like weird clothes and like weird hair clips and that type of thing. And people would like make fun of me and that type of thing. And I just, I think that I look back on it and I like admire who I was back then because I wasn't worried about what other people thought of me. And I, like hope to carry that with me like in the future because I just think that's so important and everybody has so much to offer and so what do you think is most important about expressing individuality um I think that probably the most important thing about expressing individuality um is really just to maintain true to yourself um because it doesn't really matter how you express it if you're really into fashion and clothing and like style, then that can be one way that you express yourself as an individual. Or I know a lot of people have like really strong political beliefs or political views and they like to, you know, like post information about it on their social media. And if that's how they want to, you know, express their opinions and their individuality, then that's great for them uh, because that they're just doing what they you know, want to do as an individual. So I really think that it's it's important to realize that every single person has their differences in their own special and unique abilities. And um, yeah, just the best way to express it is by remaining true to yourself. Yes, that is so important to just do what you love and to be yourself, to be transparent and authentic to everyone because everyone has so much to offer, has such amazing talents and gifts. And I think that we just, I think our generation's pretty open-minded. Um, and I think that if we can keep that spirit, um, there is like the, there's no limits to what we can do as a society and as a generation of leaders um, to just really transform the world into a better place. And so thank you so much, Jack. I really loved our conversation. And unfortunately, we are out of time. Listeners, show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 
501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. And keep listening for more as we interview our guest in the next segment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Andrea Smith, and our guest today is Fred Mizzarella, and his fourth book, he created his fourth book in the cycle of novels about the modern American family. It is called A Pontiac in the Woods. His other books are Only Sons, Arrangement in Black and White, and A Summer of Goodbyes. He has also written Lies to Live By, Stories, and Short Time, a novella about Vietnam. His literary journalism has appeared in the Christian Science Monitor, the New York Times Book Review, and other journals. His essays on Primo Levi appear in The Legacy of Primo Levi and Answering Auschwitz. He is the current book review editor for for VIA Voices in Italian Americana, a former Fulbright scholar in France. He now lives with his wife and children in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. We are so excited to have you on the show today, Fred. Welcome to Express Yourself. Oh, thank you, Andrea, and I appreciate your having me on. I uh, look forward to talking with you. Yes, we are so excited for you to be here, and we're really excited to discuss your new book. So, um, A Pontiac in the Woods is the tale of a teenager girl who lives in an abandoned car and struggles against the odds to make it on her own, and Jamie Sasso is a bright young girl with a gift for running track and not much else in her favor, and she's a homeless teenager living in 1960 Pontiac after her adopted parents have both died and her experiences in foster homes have ended in disappointment. And um, her story is just so fascinating. And I wanted to ask you as the author, how do you feel that her character, um, the character of Jamie expresses her individuality in the novel? How does she? Well, uh, the, the primary thing is that she wants to live on her own in that Pontiac in the woods. She embraces it rather than feel like this is the most awful thing. I mean, she's aware that this is not a good situation, but she has chosen it because her uh, social worker, uh, uh, Mr. Santa, has uh, tried to place her with foster homes, and she hasn't liked living with any of them. And so she keeps feeling like she's got to find a place of her own, and one day she comes across this car in the woods and sort of sits in it, 
and says, this is it. And uh, so she kind of embraces that isolation rather than uh, kind of succumbs to it. And it isn't as if uh, she doesn't have other choices. They're not great choices, perhaps, but she has choices that most people uh, would think are better or at least more secure. But she embraces it. And at one point when Mr. Santa is trying to discourage her from living there, she tells him, she says, you know, Mr. Santa, Walden is my favorite novel. Not, uh, my favorite book, not Little Women. And there's a, a big difference between those two in terms of individuality. One is about family and individuals within a family and relating to one another. And the other one is about someone who goes out into the woods and communes with nature and sees what it's like to live close to the elements rather than within the security of a family. So to my mind, that's how she embodies this individuality. And, uh, of course, it's not all happiness. That, that, you know, that's an important thing to realize, that she goes through a lot of bad times in the car and in relation to uh, fellow students at school and to adults as well. Uh, but uh, she's got the, um, what, the strength and the inner character to uh, survive it all and to go through it. And I think in the end becomes a mature uh, individual. Uh, I'm not going to kind of uh, betray any, you know, I'm not going to give you any spoiler endings or anything, but she does somehow come around to some kind of resolution of her situation. Yes, it sounds like she's a very, like, the character of Jamie is just so fascinating. And, um, and so I was wondering how did you, how were you inspired to create the character of Jamie? And <laughs> do you see it yourself in her? Uh, well, I, you know, to tell you the truth, I've always, uh, Walden and Thoreau, Thoreau is one of my favorite American writers and Walden is one of my favorite books. So that's a little bit autobiographical, but I've never lived on my own. Uh, I mean, in a car, anyhow, I've lived on my own, but not in a car, that's for sure. Uh, but the, uh, idea is that, uh, <laughs> She sort of grew on me, and I'll I'll give you a story that's true. The book before A Pontiac in the Woods, the novel before A Pontiac in the Woods, is called A Summer of Goodbyes, and it's about it's actually about the family, the Alto family, which is where uh, Misha is living, who becomes her, uh, I guess, her best friend, and. Um, at the end, the very end of that book, uh, Misha and uh, Jamie and the Alto parents go out onto the George Washington Bridge to look down the Hudson River uh, to, and they can see in the very, very distance the uh, uh, Statue of Liberty, and they can see where the uh, World Trade Center was before it was, uh, uh, you know, attacked by those two planes uh, years in 2001. Um, and um, uh, they have, we know nothing about Jamie, but in the last two or three pages of that book, she's sort of with them walking up and down on the bridge and staring down the river and looking at the boats going by and looking at Manhattan at Manhattan across the uh, river, that sort of thing. And she takes their photograph, the family photographs, and that sort of thing. And that's essentially the book ends there. And she's sort of, I don't even think she has any dialogue. There are a couple, there's a page or two where she's sort of mentioned, and that's all, as Mrs. Friend or Girlfriend, whatever it is you want to call her. And uh, that's it. But somehow, for some reason that I do not know, she stuck with me. And uh, I, after the book was uh, done and 
after it was published and after I had sort of got tired of trying to get people to read it and stuff like that, I was looking around for some ideas for uh, uh, another novel, and uh, her character just kept coming to my mind. And I said, hmm, what would Jamie be like? And uh, I started writing uh, paragraphs, pages, notes, that sort of thing. And she gradually became a full character for me. And then I found her voice. As you know, if you've read the book, and I I assume you have, I don't know, but uh, she's the narrator of the book. And uh, uh, once her voice got going in my head, it was it just sort of basically took over. Now, the two other things that go along with that that helped me in shaping her character and her voice was uh, I taught uh, college for years. I'm retired now, but I taught college for years in Pennsylvania here. And I had a couple of students in my comp classes and in my journalism classes. I taught journalism, creative writing, and composition. But I had a couple of students in those classes. One was a young woman and one was a young man who were both homeless. And uh, one of the assignments I often get, used to give to students was to, you know, tell me something about yourself. Tell me something about uh, somebody who's important in your life or some event that was important in your life. And these two people wrote about being homeless and wrote about the people who helped them and why they were homeless and that sort of thing. And that, those two I don't really remember the stories or the names of these two characters, but their situations. Uh, And especially the young boy talked about how much the family that he kind of latched onto helped him and how he couldn't have survived without him. And the young woman said how much she couldn't stand living with anybody and how she she wanted to... uh, You know, she wanted to be on her own, show she could do it, and wasn't going to be weak or anything. And uh, while neither of them lived in a a car, by the way, they, you know, they lived on their own. And uh, I kept thinking about them, and I knew that this was a possibility for someone to experience that and still be going to school. So uh, that those two things, plus the fact that Jamie was at the end of the previous novel without any voice, and, and as I was looking for a new story to tell, her voice came to me. Those are the things that got me to be interested in her, and I, I kind of put her in a car because I wanted to make it really extreme, but I also wanted her to feel like she could handle this and uh, feel that she wanted this. Uh, I didn't want it to be a maudlin story. I really don't like maudlin stories. Uh, You know, so often stories about homeless people, especially homeless kids, are the kind that, you know, they're trying to make you feel bad and everything. And I really didn't want that. And uh, so I tried to give her some strength and some backbone and that sort of thing, and it really came together. Um, that, so that's what happened. Plus, I, I guess I should say this, uh, about five years ago, my wife and I adopted a teenage girl from Bulgaria who had been homeless all her life. And, uh, so I, well, she didn't have any of the experiences. I have to emphasize that in, uh, she didn't have any of the experiences that Jamie has, the sense nice. of her always feeling like no one was behind her and the, and the need for some kind of strength to kind of survive in a, in the world on her own from the time she was an infant, that kind of really uh, drove me to uh, write uh, this as well. So there's the story. Not in much oh, of a wow. nutshell, but, <laughs> but it's a that, story. That is so incredible. No, I find that so fascinating that you did that and that you changed someone's life by doing that and 
I also loved in the story how homelessness was um, an issue that was raised. And I personally am very passionate about homelessness. I took a sociology class over the summer. And so I'm very, like, well-read on the eviction crisis in the United States. And that's something that... Yeah, and that's something that I'm hoping to go and, like, in my career, kind of go into government and politics and try to change public policy on that. And I think that you're, it's such an incredible and uplifting story. And so I was also curious about the character Misha, the adopted son. And so I was wondering if you could tell us about your inspiration for that character as well? Well, uh, you know, as I said, <laughs> the previous book, A Summer of Goodbyes, was uh, uh, was about Misha and his family, but as a young boy, or, you know, it begins when the family goes off to Russia to uh, adopt him, and um, it ends when he sort of uh, becomes... Uh, a teenager with this girlfriend, and they uh, what they it ends. Uh, I'm just remembering this. It ends with them sort of saying they're going to march across the George Washington Bridge, uh, and they're going to go somewhere that Misha and Jamie know, and they're going to dance. And uh, you know, so the inspiration, in a certain sense. Uh, for this novel came from the previous novel. Uh, now you could ask me where the inspiration from the previous novel came from. <laughs> and, uh, I will say that, uh, we, my wife and I adopted a boy from Russia when he was six months old and his name oh, is wow. not Misha. And, uh, none of the stuff that's in a summer of goodbyes is autobiographical except for the opening chapter where I write about how they uh, went to Russia to uh, get him and bring him home. Uh, That's very close to the, it's not absolutely true, but it's very close to the uh, real situation. Uh, uh, And then from there, I take off and go into uh, relationships that the two parents have with each other and with other adults. Uh, the father, you know, finds himself, uh, 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 they go off to France. He's a, he's an art, uh, critic and he, they go off to France to do, to do some writing and studying and stuff like that. And he meets an old girlfriend of his and that starts a situation between him and the old girlfriend. <laughs> and, uh, so he's sort of caught in confusion between, his life uh, in the past with his girlfriend and his life with his wife and his new son. And, uh, you know, how is that going to work out? It works out uh, okay. You know, uh, at the end, they're resolved. And as you know, from a Pontiac in the woods, they're still living together. uh, And there's no uh, sense of any kind of uh, discord, you know. So, I don't know, where did Misha come from? That came from the fact that uh, we did, my wife and I did did actually adopt an infant uh, from Russia when he was six months old. That is uh, so nice of you to do that. To like welcome someone. Well, everybody, home. I, everybody love that. Good. I have to tell you, everybody congratulates us as being so nice. What, what, they, what they're missing is that these kids give us something. Yes, <laughs> almost that more. Is true as they well. give you more, you know, and you may be giving them security and comfort and, and food and, and you know, you help with education, but they're giving, they're giving you some of, they're giving you emotion, you know, and healing and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. So and it's I, a two way street. Oh yes. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I'm just saying it's a two way street between uh, the, the adopter and the adoptee. You know, it's not, uh, it's not just the, the adults who have to, who should be, who are giving anything that kids give to. And that's an important yeah. thing to remember. Yeah. And 
I think also uh, Jamie's social worker, Mr. Santa, I think that he's a very interesting character because he is a gentle person who offers emotional support. And then he's also a stern guardian. And so could you tell us about your like maybe personal experiences that influenced this character or your inspiration? Well, I have to be truthful with you. Uh, I have no inspiration <laughs> for him. I, he just sort of came along with Jamie in my mind, you know? I mean, I, I realized yes. that if she was going to live by herself and it was and still be going to school, she'd have to have some kind of person looking, <laughs> looking after her and stuff. You know, she couldn't do it all yes. on her own. And so I kind of... I, I, the name Santa came to me for Santa Claus and for Saint. And I thought, well, why not have a character who will be sort of a father figure for her? And, um, but at the same time, uh, not really be her father. And so I, you know, he just sort of came out of, out of her voice as a, you know, I was saying, once her voice got going, the story sort of wrote itself. The characters came in and wrote themselves, uh, based on her story. And, uh, that's sort of what happened there. You know, uh, I, yeah. I, I can't say there was an inspiration at all. Uh, the other thing is most of the time in, uh, real life, social workers are uh, women and they're woefully underpaid uh, yes, and uh, probably partially because they're women, they're woefully underpaid. Uh, but uh, I wanted to kind of switch around um, roles, you know, gender roles a little bit, since Jamie was going to be a girl living on her own in the woods and not uh, a, a man or a boy or a Thoreau, you know, uh, I thought I would make the social worker uh, a man who looked after her. And, you know, I gave him a little bit of a background story. I didn't, he, you know, I didn't want to make his little background story. I had some parts of the book where, you know, he, I don't know if you remember much, but he was, uh, I, I think it's, she mentioned somewhere that he, uh, that he was a foster kid when he was young. And, oh, yes. uh, you know, I had some I had some stuff like that in there, and I was also very tempted, given, you know, the problems in the Catholic Church, to talk about, uh, you know, being molested by uh, a, pr- a priest or something like that. And, you know, as I said, I didn't want to make the thing, the story maudlin or anything, so I uh, kind of cut all that out and just sort of kept them as he is, a guy who's, Busy doing his work, overwhelmed by his work, but still loving uh, and and uh, still caring and uh, still knowledgeable. And he also makes a point that he's not religious or anything, but, he, you know, just that of human feeling. You know, he feels yes. like it's important to take care of uh, these young people. Definitely. And... Oh, my last question for you is, how do you see Jamie's future? Will she be happy, or will she always be (laughs) her own person? Well, I mean, I think she's, by the end, in my opinion, at the end of the book, she's become her own person. Now, where she's going from there, we don't know. She tells you she's in college. Uh, oh, I'm good. I said I didn't want to do any spoilers uh, endings, but she's you know she's talking <laughs> about being in college, and uh, and uh, so to my mind, she's on her way. She's also talking about uh, you know being a best friend with Misha still, and also with uh, Casey, uh, uh, another young woman there. And so you get the sense that she's not going to be as isolated as she was before and that she's got a possible path. And really, at the age that she's in at that time, which is probably 18 or so since she's just, you know, graduated high school, uh, that's probably the best you can uh, 
uh, hope for for her, you know, that she would be on yes. her on her way somewhere. We're not sure where, but she seems to be to have it together finally. Yeah, that's a beautiful ending. I love that. And thank you so much, Fred, for coming on the show with us. Um, you are oh, such you, a Andrea. cool, yeah. fascinating person, and I love talking to you today. Oh, I, I enjoyed it, too. And uh, thank you very much again for having me on. Yeah. And listeners, make sure you check out Fred Miserella at his website, www.fredmiserella.com and follow Dave on Facebook at, or at Fred, follow Fred on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Fred.Miserella and make sure to check out his book, A Pontiac in the Woods, online or at your local bookstores. And please show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at be the star you are.org. Keep listening as I read you the chapter, The Gift of Individuality from Be the Star You Are for Teens in the next segment. I'm Andrea Smith. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens Welcome back to Express Yourself. This hour is all about individuality. Now I'm going to read you the chapter, The Gift of Individuality from the book, Be the Star You Are, for Teens, written by our producer and executive director, Cynthia Bryan. You can find more information about Cynthia and buy any of her signature books at www.cynthiabryan.com. The Gift of Individuality by Cynthia Bryan. When I was a student at the University of Bordeaux in France, I was constantly asked if I was a relative of Sophia Loren. Being 100% Italian, I was thrilled with this observation interrupted as a compliment. After returning to California, I attended Cal Berkeley while working for the airlines for the travel perks. On the streets of San Francisco, total strangers would come up to ask for my autograph. Surprised and hesitant, I signed my name, Cynthia Abruzzini, with stars dotting the eyes. You don't have to lie. We know who you really are, was a common refrain to which I was totally confused. In those days, I didn't have a television set, so it wasn't until months later when I was booking innumerable modeling assignments that I understood the brew. Haha. <laughs> My agent explained that a new TV program called Charlie's Angels debuted a new superstar, Farah Fawcett, and thankfully for the for the agency, I just looked just like her. And at first, 
I hated being mistaken for someone else. I was my own person, and I was determined to make it on my own merits. As much as I admired Sophia, I didn't want to copy her. And Farah, who was this new celebrity interloper stealing my individuality, during this time, my agent changed my name to Cynthia Bryan because it was more Anglo-Saxon. They were convinced that either their clients were pre- pre- prejudiced against Italians or that my blue-eyed, blonde self was not the stereotypical Italian ingenuine expected on the set. As Cynthia Bryan jobs came quickly and easily. I modeled consistently and then branched into TV and films. It was a great living that allowed me to quit the airline's job. However, it soon became apparent that my number one asset was my resemblance to Farrah Fawcett. When a buyer couldn't afford the millions of dollars that Farrah demanded, my agent was willing to negotiate a reasonable deal. The first time I was Farrah's stunt double on a film, our similarity was truly disconcerting for both of us. When my own mother couldn't tell us apart, I knew I was in trouble. I saw you on TV last night, Cynthia, and you really need to wear different clothes. Those were way too revealing, and your voice was too high, admonished my mother. Of course it was Farah she witnessed, not me. An old Chinese proverb advises, you can't push the river, you have to let it flow. I took the advisement to heart and quit worrying about creating a unique Cynthia Bryan look. Que sera, sera, became my motto. Being Farah was magical, frightening, and taught me lessons that served me well since I came into my own. Marching to the tune of my own drum is a habit I recommend. Individuality is more important than imitation. Enjoy a real life. Being on TV, in commercials, films, and billboards is fun, but can also create emptiness. Make sure your days are filled with other interests, friends, family, animals, and love. Sitting by the phone is a lousy playground. Research shows that people do not become high performers by imitating others, but by being themselves. High performance occurs when a person goes beyond their own expectations in ways that are unique to them, consistently and repeatedly. In other words, state your plan, then exceed it in every way. Proclaim your vision and your mission. Here are a few tips that help me with my own individual personality. I believe they'll aid you as well in all of your endeavors. Be optimistic, positive, and think big. If you feel that you are worthless, so will everyone else. Love thyself first and foremost. If it sounds too good to be true, it's plain and simple. Enticing scams are everywhere. Be prepared, patient, prudent, and perseverant. If you want to predict the future, you must create it yourself. Never give up. And ask for help. Find a reputable coach or consultant that you trust is essential to help you navigate the murky waters of any business. Agents and managers come and go. Hire yourself a mentor. And be real. It's great to portray someone else. In fact, that's what acting is all about. Just don't lose yourself in pretending. And seize the day. Be professional, pound the pavement, network, connect, and be your own advocate. <laughs> Only you can make you a success. The days of being Farah are long gone. We no longer 
looks similar, yet I'm grateful to her for sharing her stardom with me and hope her life is as blessed and fulfilled as mine is. Today, I am called the Oprah of the Airwaves, not because of my resemblance to the TV queen, but because of my interviewing skills on the radio. I no longer fight any comparisons because I'm comfortable in my own skin and with my individual talents. My husband would be delighted if I aged to look like Sophia, as she is his all-time favorite female. Maybe my heritage will assist in his request. Today, when people ask me for my autograph, they expect to see Cynthia Bryan scrawled on their book jacket. And I chuckle when I told, you know who used to look like you? Farrah Fawcett. Exercise. Who are you? A game show debuted in the 1950s on television called What's My Line, whereby celebrity panelists would decide the occupation of the contestants. The more individualistic the contestant, the more difficult it was to guess what they did. For a modern version of the game, gather three friends and take turns asking, who am I? Record the comments of your friends. Are you the person they think you are? Are you expressing your individuality? Are you just being a copycat? Find out what's underneath your exterior and celebrate the distinctive personage called you. There has never been nor will ever be anyone with your exact combinations of strengths, weaknesses, talents, skills, and hobbies. Celebrate your individuality. Well, thank you so much. Um, Thank you to all our listeners and everybody today and to Cynthia Bryan and Josh, our producers and director of the show. And um, please, listeners from around the world, um, just remember to be who you are and express yourself, speak out, speak up, and never be afraid to show the world who you are because You are amazing, fantastic, and you're just you. And so don't be afraid to show that. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself go